solo episode that I have ever done on What's the Recipe podcast. I am solo chef in it today. Chef man's in the kitchen, wrist twisting like a stir fry. <laughs> I apologize for my voice. I just celebrated my 26th birthday in Keystone and we had a big group of people, a big group of our favorite couples come up for the weekend and we skied, we drank, we listened to music, we had fun. It was just one of my favorite birthdays ever, honestly, I think since becoming a mom, I have not really done a lot of big birthday extravaganzas and it felt really nice to just like let loose, be a 26 year old, celebrate with my friends and be around people that I love. So I apologize for my voice. That's why I sound a little rough, but I don't regret it because it was such a time. And you might be wondering, why are you solo episoding today? Well, one, when Lucas and I started this podcast, I really told him like, look, I love you and I want this to be our podcast, but I also want to be able to do a few episodes specifically for the girlies. And not that this can't apply to men either, but I gotta, I gotta throw down for my girlies, you know? And so (laughs) I have been wanting to do a solo podcast episode on the podcast for a really long time. And it just so happens that we kind of had a gap in our interview guest schedule and we could have squeezed in a another like on today's menu with Lucas and I but he was so busy with culinary school because culinary school has started and I was just like you know what let me have this one let me have this week where I can just preach and I can talk and I can share some value with people who either follow me on Instagram or people who love this podcast and I feel like it's a good way for you guys to get to know me um I've also told Lucas that he can absolutely do solo episodes with himself or with one of his friends. So this isn't just subjective to, to man's Lucas can come on here and do a solo episode as well. But I was just like, let me have this week. Okay. I need to, I need to share some things. And I, I voted on my Instagram or I put a poll on my Instagram for you guys to vote on what you guys wanted to see from me in a solo episode. And I did some about like pregnancy, postpartum, or being a young mom, yada, yada. And that's something I definitely want to do in the future, whether it's with Lucas or not. But I think something that I really would love to speak on is confidence because I feel like every single time somebody tells me like what their first impression of me was or the thing that they loved most about me or the thing that they know me by on Instagram or TikTok is that I'm confident is that I make them feel like a more confident version of themselves. And that's like the highest compliment I can ever receive because if I ever explain to anybody what I'm trying to do with this platform that I have, it's inspire people, empower people and make them feel like they can chase their dreams and achieve their goals. AKA make them feel confident enough to go and be who they are and do what they want to do. And so I, just love that people are like, yep, she's confident and I want to learn from her because 
twofold. I, what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to share with you guys some tips that I have, just general tips for becoming more confident. What is the recipe to confidence, to possessing confidence? But I'm also going to do a Q&A because you guys asked me a lot of things and uh, I want to be able to make my tips and what I'm saying applicable to what you're actually going through and struggling with. So before I get into my tips for confidence, I feel like I need to give you guys a background of my experience with confidence and who I am. I think whenever you're talking about confidence, people either think you're born with it and you're not, or they think like you just have to fake it all the time. You can never be confident. And I don't think that's true. I think that yes, there are some people who are you know, come straight out of the womb and are more confident than others and more people who like need to flex that muscle. It doesn't come as easily to them. But I also do think that confidence can be learned. Confidence can be practiced. And so I kind of want to share my background quickly. I, I was the former, I came out of the womb so fucking confident. (laughs) My mom always used to say it's Amanda's world and we're just living in it. Like from the second that I was born, it was the Amanda show. Like I just was a confident person. And I think it had to do with, again, wanting just like how I am naturally and how, you know, my soul came into this world wanting to be, but then also to my parents, my parents were people that were both naturally confident as well. My dad is, I think I'm a lot more like my dad in the way that I think, in the way that I feel, but I also am so much like my mom in certain ways too. My mom is one of the most curious people you'll ever meet. If you meet her, she's going to be like talking your ear off, asking you about your life from the get-go. And I think that's where I get my curious nature from. And she's also so willing to talk to anybody, like can come into a room and she's a presence. She can talk to anybody. My dad, on the other hand, has the gift of gap. He can just like talk, 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 talk. He can tell great stories, great jokes. And uh, he also is this person. My mom has a little bit of this, but my, my dad's way more like this, where he just doesn't give a fuck what people think about him. And I think that's where I get mine from, where like I think I'm the shit and I don't care if anybody else doesn't think I'm the shit because if nobody else thinks I'm the shit... Like if nobody else is going to think that I'm the shit, then I got to think that about myself, right? And so my dad has this nature to him where he is just is who he is and he doesn't care if people don't like that. And so I think I have like the perfect blend of them where it's like my mom is super confident and curious and can talk to anybody. That's like me. And then my dad is very like, I don't care what people think. And I'm going to say my opinion because I'm entitled to it and I have a voice. Why not share it? And so... I think I get a, a a good mix from both of them, but I wasn't always confident. And I think that's a very big misconception. I actually used to hate growing up. I remember people always used to describe me as confident, like if in, in high school, what were, what are three words, you know, people can describe you as. And I, I always got confident and I kind of hated it because I want to say high school and early years of college were when I struggled with my confidence the most. Yes, it was my nature, but I also went through bouts of like having social anxiety, being more of an anxious person, second guessing myself, having limiting beliefs, doing things I didn't really want to do and losing my identity. And so when I was in 
high school, I was still a really confident person. I went to a small private school, so it wasn't really hard for me to be confident. And I've been with these people since I was fucking five years old. Like they knew who I was and there was no changing it. (laughs) So I didn't really have a problem there, but I remember branching outside of that small private school, being in other groups, I was feeling a little socially anxious, um, but nothing crazy. And then when I got to college, I think it kind of changed because, you know, I was in a new city. I was in a new routine. I was around new people. I went to an art school and nobody else from my hometown went there. And then I transferred to Boulder and still nobody I knew went there. So I feel like I was just kind of in this crazy, who am I? What's my identity phase that everyone goes through in college. And I lost myself. Therefore I lost my confidence. And that's going to be a tip that I give you guys too. So I'll get there. But I think For me, it was a good two years in college where I really lost myself and I lost my confidence and I was feeling anxious. I was feeling, especially in social situations, I I would feel really anxious. I also was feeling I didn't like I didn't want to go to parties or I didn't want to go out because I was scared that I wasn't going to say the right thing or be the right way. Um, I, I still don't think I ever struggled with people liking me just because I think I have that natural like I don't give a fuck attitude from my dad. And I don't know why I'm that way. I just kind of am. But I definitely did have this like limiting belief, this self-doubt, this questioning in myself. And I was scared to tell people what I was about, what I wanted, what I needed, and uh, the goals and dreams I had because I, I didn't like talking about myself really because I just felt like people were going to question that or people weren't going to believe in that or people were going to make fun of that. And so... That's where it was in college. I also feel like my body changed a lot in college. And I think that messed with my confidence because I was, I've always been like a really petite-ish person, like, you know, average size height, but like a little petite. And that's just how my, my natural body is. But in college, I gained like 20 pounds, which everyone does. And it fucked with my confidence. And so I, I think that's really what stemmed from my insecurities and like my lack of confidence. But then my junior year of comp uh, of my junior year of confidence, my junior year of college, I got my confidence back because, and I'll talk about this more when I get into the tips, but I really focused on myself, who I was relearning who I was at my core and relearning how to flex that muscle. I think that the the time where I really said this is getting exhausting, I don't want to be plagued by insecurity anymore was when my college roommates went off to go study abroad and I didn't have enough credits because I was a transfer. So I had to stay for an entire semester. I lived alone. And that was really a time where I wasn't having to answer to anybody. I wasn't having to like go with anybody else's plans. I could just do whatever I wanted. And that's when I gained my confidence back. I found the fitness and the type of movement that I really enjoyed. I found a way that was of eating that really felt like I could show up as my best self. I decided to honor what I wanted to do and who I wanted to show up as. And over time, I really just possessed that so much more to where it became my default again. And so that's kind of my background with it. Yes, I feel like I do have natural confidence, but at the same time, I have experienced losing that, that confidence, losing that sense of self and it's not fun and it's tough. So I want to share some tips on how you guys can become more confident. What is the recipe to confidence? Ingredient number one, you have to get to know yourself. 
knowledge is power and power is confidence. And I find that it's like public speaking. Okay. If you are given a topic of like food swamps in America and you know jack shit about it, but you're asked to go and give a three minute speech on it in front of the entire classroom, you're not going to feel confident. You are not going to be comfortable speaking on this. But if you're given this topic and you study your ass off and you research your ass off and then you give a three minute presentation, you're going to kill that shit. Maybe you'll still be nervous because like public speaking can be scary, but you're going to kill it. You're going to feel way more empowered and way more confident about your speech. It's the same thing with your sense of self. If you do not know who you are, you're not going to feel comfortable being that. And so for me, I, during my, you know, my college years where I lived alone and all my friends were abroad, I really honed in on who I was, meaning what did I like? What did I not like? Who was I, you know, I'm a Aquarius, I'm a Aquarius sun moon and I'm a Virgo rising, like really identifying with those things and then learning my human design and seeing how my energy worked and being in social interactions and seeing what I wanted to share, being in, in groups of people and actually asking myself, do I like these people? Do I enjoy what I'm doing? Do I enjoy these hobbies? Do I enjoy these activities? And then spending more time in places that I love. So like I really loved hit classes in college. So I would go to Orange Theory all the time. I loved being outside. So I would go to the creek all the time. I loved going on hikes, like doing things that I loved, but it has to start from a place of like getting curious about yourself. And so the the couple ways that I, I think is important to or important in getting to know yourself is journaling. I know journaling is not for everybody, but for me, it was like the most powerful tool in discovering who I was again, because I am such a, the Virgo rising in me needs to see it like visually organized. So I would literally write like a list of here are the things I like, here are the things I don't like. And it doesn't have to just be hobbies or activities or behaviors. It can also be behaviors and other people. Here are the type of people that I like. Here are the type of people I don't like. Here are the, you know, ways of thinking that I like. Here are the beliefs that I like versus the ones that I don't like. And so over time, doing this and journaling really helped me understand who I was. Therefore, I had more knowledge about myself and therefore I showed up in that way because if anybody questioned it, I I didn't care because I knew who I was. And the most important part was I liked who I was. And I, I think it's hard to like who you are if you don't know who you are. And this is also like no pressure to anybody who doesn't know who they are. I don't believe in self-actualization. I think there's always more to learn about ourselves, but it's helpful to have a basis like a basic knowledge about yourself. And so whether that's like your astrology signs or like the coffee shops you like to go to, the type of coffee you like, or the type of movement you like and the type of people you like, learning something about yourself helps you because then you are more able to start to like yourself. And I think lack of confidence comes from a place of not liking yourself and therefore not knowing yourself. So journaling is awesome. It helps you get to know yourself and then taking up new hobbies. Like I don't think you can learn who you are in the position that you're in if you don't know who you are already, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is like, if you're doing the same thing over and over and you still don't know who you are, that's time to like switch things up, shake it up. Like you need to go try something else to learn something about yourself. It's trial and error. You, you know, you're not going to know if you are somebody that likes yoga or hit classes if you don't try both of them and then make a decision from there. And so 
getting to know yourself, getting to know what you like, taking up new hobbies and journaling are all things that I feel like are so important in confidence and building confidence. The second ingredient is the phrase fake it till you make it. Or what I actually prefer is fake it until you become it or fake it until you feel it. And so the reason I say this is because I think, again, people think that either you're confident or you're not, and there's no changing that. And again, like I mentioned, that's not true because even somebody who was born super confident always, I'd still experienced moments, years where I felt not confident, where I felt insecure, where I felt like I didn't know who I was and I didn't know how to show up and I didn't want people to see me, like truly see me because I wasn't aware of who I was and I didn't really like who I was. So I don't think it's true that if you, you know, are born with confidence, you're always going to have it. Or if you're born with, without confidence, you're never going to have it. That's not true. And so the thing that people need to realize is you can change your mindset and your beliefs all you want, but if you're not acting on those things, nothing's going to change. So if you're not putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and putting your mindset and your beliefs into action, you are not going to be the person that you want to be. You're in, when it comes to confidence, you are not going to be confident if you are not practicing confidence. Confidence is a skill. It's a muscle that, that needs to be exercised in order to strengthen over time. And so, for example, if you are not feeling confident in your ability to speak in a group of people, whenever you're around a group of people, you'd feel like you just are, you know, waiting in the wings, you're quiet and you're not really contributing to the conversation, but you want to change that about yourself. And again, let's pause for a second because if you are that way, but you like being that way, stay that way, girl. Like do whatever the fuck feels right for you. But for the sake of the example, if that's something that you don't like about yourself or you feel like is not really who you are, it's just a result of your insecurities, then what you need to do is you need to fake being confident. You need to put on a smile, turn that shit on because we all can. You, you It's going to feel uncomfortable, but you can. So turn that shit on and you need to speak. Speak about anything. Talk about the weather. Talk about your outfits. Talk about you know, your day-to-day. Ask the other person questions. Like The quickest way to boost your confidence in a conversation is taking the conversation off of you. It takes practice to go from not being confident to being confident talking talking about yourself, especially in a group setting. So if you are somebody that feels confident for the sake of the example in a group setting or doesn't feel confident, I mean, all you have to do is start a conversation about your day and ask other people about their day. And so asking other people questions is a great way to become more confident in group settings. But what I mean by that is even if you're not feeling confident enough to ask the question, you got to ask it because here's the thing. You might feel super fucking uncomfortable. You might notice that you're like sweating or that your heart is racing. No one else isn't. Nobody else is noticing those things. And I, and I know this because I've been in plenty of situations where I feel so uncomfortable and I'm so nervous and people will come back to me and be like, the first time I met you, like you were so confident. And I was like, really? I was shitting a brick. (laughs) Like, everyone is too worried about themselves because again, think about you in those situations. You're thinking about what you're saying, how you're being perceived. So the other person is also thinking about how they're being perceived. No one is going to notice if you're nervous or not, or if you're faking it or not. 
So what I mean by that is you have to fake it because over time that's going to become your normal. It's like, you know, riding a bike. The first time you ride a bike, you don't know how to do it. But over time, when you practice, it becomes second nature. And that's what happens with confidence too. And I, I feel like there are people probably listening to this being like, oh, I don't really believe that. I don't think that it's going to, to become uh, second nature to me because I've tried to be confident over and over and over. But I guarantee you, if you're thinking that, you're not putting yourself in enough uncomfortable positions. Because maybe you are... Let's keep rolling with that that example. Maybe you are scared to speak to, to new people or meet new people, but you're only going out once a week to a coffee shop or to a workout class or to a group gathering and a, a dinner party. Amp that shit up. Go to a, a yoga class and a dinner party and invite a friend over for, for dinner or for coffee or go to a party like three times a week. Like do it more often so that you have no choice but to start embodying the person you want to be. And again, I literally have no tips on how to start being confident, like in the moment, other than just fucking doing it. And I know that that sounds so like annoying because you're like, I wish I had more tangible tips, but like, I'm telling you, I was telling my friend the other day, shout out Taylor. She was talking to me and I mentioned the idea of exposure therapy to her. I was like, you cannot change your behavior unless you're in the setting that you want the behavior to change in and changing that behavior. Like you will not be able to think your way into a new behavior unless you actually are in that situation and acting with that new behavior. And so it's like exposure therapy. You need to be in these settings that you're insecure about over and over and over to be able to conquer them and be confident in them. The third tip that I have is look good, feel good. And this is very subjective. Okay. I don't want this to come off a certain way. I'm not talking about, you know, you need to dress up and dress to the nines all the time. You need to be wearing the most trendy things. What I mean is that However you feel like you look your best, whatever you feel like is the way that you look amazing, that's what you need to step into like all the time. So what I mean by that is for me, I know that I look and feel my best when I am kind of more natural looking. Like I have my blacky jeans. I have like a tank top, my sneakers. I have my glowy Osea body oil on my face. I have maybe a little mascara and my eyebrows are brushed up. Like I love a natural look on myself. And when I am going to a podcast interview, I am making sure that I am wearing an outfit that I feel confident as fucking and that I look good in because that's going to make me feel good. Like, see, I even just interchanged the two. Like now for me, looking good and feeling good is literally the same thing. If I am, you know, sick and I'm feeling sick, I'm probably not going to look good, at least to myself. And I think that these two are interchangeable. If you're not feeling good, you're not going to look good. And if you're not looking good on your own terms, you're not going to feel good. And so when you want to feel confident, you need to ask yourself, what are the outfits that I feel the most confident in? What are the colors, the shapes, the textures? What is the hairstyle that I feel the most confident? Do I like having glasses on versus not having glasses on? Sometimes for me, I prefer wearing blue light blocking glasses like all day, even if I'm not staring at a screen because if I'm not feeling it that day, but I throw on a pair of shades, I almost feel like I have like, uh, like a guard up in a way that it's like a, like a, like a force field that like protects me from negative energy or like 
anyone fucking with my confidence. So it makes me feel more confident or same thing with sunglasses. So figure out what it is that you like to wear or even like in situations that you or like environments that you like to be in. For example, for me, I feel my most confident speaking to an audience, whether that's podcasting or Instagram or TikTok, or even like interviewing somebody and having coffee or lunch with friends. I feel the best when I can either have natural light on me being in an environment with natural light or being outside. Something about fresh air and sun just makes me feel way more clear headed. And so it's that, that's what I mean. It's so, it can be so specific for different people. You might be somebody who prefers to be inside because you like air conditioner, whatever makes you feel your best is how you're going to look your best. And if you're going to look your best, you're going to feel your best. And that's on confidence. Okay. The fourth and last ingredient before I get into the Q and a is surround yourself with people who uplift you and admire your confidence versus are jealous of your confidence or putting you down for it. What I mean by this is you are the culmination of the five people that you spend the most time with. And if you are giving your time and your energy to people who make you feel like shit all the time or are making you feel more insecure, then you're going to be insecure. You are who you surround yourself with. And it might not be that conscious. Like you might not be that aware of who, of it, but it's, it's okay. Here's what you're going to do. Because it might not be as obvious to you, you are going to go and hang out with your friends, either one-on-one or in a group setting. And when you get back in the car to drive home, or when you get back to your house, you're going to take an audit and observe how you feel. People miss how they feel because they don't take a second to pause and reflect in the moment. Because I've done this plenty of times where I've had shitty social interactions with people. And then I don't take the time to like reflect on that interaction. And then I go about my week, I go about my month. And then a month later, I'm like, Oh, I should really see these people again because I forgot how I felt. And then I go in the situation again and I'm like, that was kind of a shitty situation versus if I would have just audited how I felt in the moment, I would have known, Oh, I'm feeling insecure or a little, um, you know, down or drained because I was hanging out with these people. So what you're going to do is you're going to take an audit. You're going to ask yourself how you feel around these people. Are they making you feel more confident or are they fucking with your confidence? And then you're going to be selfish. I guess this is kind of like the fifth ingredient. You're going to be selfish. If you're hanging out with people, I don't care if it's a family member or not. And they're making you feel like shit. They're making you feel like you can't show up as your full self with your full confidence and your full power and your full glory. You're not going to spend time with these people or you're going to at least limit your exposure to them. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go spend time in those places where you feel the most like yourself, yoga class, coffee shop, at a dinner party, out at the park or at a farmer's market. You're going to go there and you're going to meet people there or even Instagram. Fuck. I've met so many people off of Instagram that I vibe with because you can see their entire aesthetic. Yeah. It's a highlight reel, but you get a good read on people. At least I, I do. I can, I can tell if someone's going to be fucking cool or they're going to be a fake through Instagram. And I feel like everyone has that ability. So you're going to be selfish and you're going to set a boundary, whether they know it or not, you're going to tell yourself, 
I feel X when I'm hanging out with these people. Therefore, I am not going to spend time with them for this amount of time, or I am not going to hit them up for this amount of time, whatever it is, right? You're going to set a boundary because again, if you want to be successful and you want to be empowered and you want to be confident and you want to be your fullest expression of self, you have to hang out with people who allow space for that. You have to hang out with people who celebrate that in you, that they love that about you. So those are my five ingredients to confidence. And again, if you guys are wanting more um, details or more explanation or more, you have more questions on the, the things that I just mentioned, slide in my DMs because I'm so willing to chat in my DMs and we can talk more about it. All right, now let's get into the Q&A, the questions, because you guys asked me a lot of questions. And if you're watching this on YouTube, yes, I did change. I It is many hours later and I am sitting in my comfy, cozy clothes. I have my little happy birthday banner behind me. But I want to get into the questions because there were a lot and they are good. So the first question is, how do I have confidence as a mom? This is something that I struggle with. Confidence as a mom, I'm going to assume you're talking about confidence in motherhood, confidence in your mothering ability. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes for for certain people, it will just kind of click and you'll feel like, oh, I got this shit and I feel confident in this from the beginning. And for other people, I feel like it it takes some time. And rightfully so, you're learning how to be a whole new role, a whole new thing to a different human being. It's It's such a learning curve. And I remember that I felt like I knew my baby best, but it still was uncomfortable sometimes to parent or to mother around other people. And I think with this, you just have to get the reps in. You have to spend intentional time with your baby and your kids. And just over time, it's like exposure therapy again. You have to just get the reps in and do what feels right to you in the moment. And then from there, you have to trust that you're doing the right thing. And I think it comes down to, I I feel like I'll say this a lot, but I feel like if you are not feeling confident in your mothering ability, you might not be trusting yourself. And so I would maybe work on your relationship to trusting yourself and go from there. But I feel like one, I just want you to know it's it's totally normal to not feel confident when you're becoming a mom. It's a new thing. It's weird. It's different. And it it's a learning curve. So I think, again, it's just over time, you have to build that trust with yourself. And I think this question really is more about like, what is the status of your trust in yourself? Start there. Okay. Question number two, not feeling confident in myself that I'm good enough for my partner. Oof. So this question, again, kind of going off of what my last my last advice was, I think this is more so projecting. Here's here's a statement that I'm going to make. It might be a bold statement, but I think that lack of confidence is actually a projection of beliefs and fear and certain emotions that you feel about yourself. So what I mean by that is if this person isn't feeling confident in themselves or feeling like they're good enough for their partner it's probably because they don't think that they're good enough just in general. I doubt that this is just like a relationship thing. And if it is, it's probably stemming from a past relationship or maybe 
past people telling you something about your own worth. And I feel like it's it, it needs to be something that you dig into yourself. I don't think this is about your partner. I think there are certain situations where maybe your partner is making you feel like you're not good enough. And if that's the case, like, fuck that. We don't have time for that. But if it's more so a you thing and you're like, I just am not feeling good enough for my partner, then I feel like that's an opportunity for you to explore that more, explore your worth, explore the beliefs that you have about yourself. And if it is because of a past relationship or a past experience making you feel like you're not good enough, then all you have to do is find new evidence against that belief. So say you were in a shitty relationship and this person always told you that you weren't good enough. You probably were good enough. I bet you were. Okay, Lucas literally walked in as I was answering, wrapping up that question. So wrapping up that question, I feel like, again, this is more of a, I don't feel like I'm good enough in general, like a a self-worth thing. And so I would really explore that and figure out what the root of that was. And what I was talking about when it comes to finding evidence is our brain our beliefs are influenced by what we think and what we see. So our brain loves to gather evidence. And that evidence that we see and that we perceive is what we form our belief systems on. So if you are have only been in relationships where you are being told that you're not good enough or being around people who make you feel like you're not good enough, then your brain is going to take that evidence and internalize it into a belief of I'm not good enough. So you need to work out what the root of this issue actually is. And from there, ask yourself, how can I create new evidence against this belief that actually turns it into the belief that I want to have about myself, which is I am good enough for anybody, for anything, for anyone, period. Question number three, struggling with comparison, not even physically, but status wise tips for focusing on yourself. I think this is a really hard one just in general when it comes to the society and the culture we live in today with the plethora of platforms that we could go on and see what our friend Betsy from junior high was doing and where they are now. And, you know, you can Google search celebrities and see how old they are. And it's just, there's so much comparison when it comes to status and what people have and the financial wealth people have and the relationship status they have. And I totally hear you. I think that it, I would be lying if I said that I sometimes don't look at what other people are doing and be like, huh, why the fuck is that not me? But I think one, again, that's normal. That's a normal way of feeling. But again, I think you're asking this question because you know what I'm about to say, which is that's not conducive to your growth. It's not conducive to my growth. If anything, being so concerned about what other people are doing is only stunting you and what you're doing in your path. And this is like the most cliche thing ever, but everyone's on a different path, right? And that means that everyone's on their own timeline. What is in your path is not in my path. And so the the things that happen to us and for us are going to be at different speeds and different paces. But it's like running a track meet, right? if you are constantly looking at the other people around you, you're never going to be focused on your lane. And so maybe if you're constantly looking at the people around you, you're going to 
hustle more and work harder, but I doubt you're going to get the result that you actually want because it's going to be infiltrated by other people and what other people think. So really, you're not doing yourself any favors by comparing yourself to other people. And again, I I feel like you know this because you asked this question. And so what I would say to that is delete social media, (laughs) like straight up. I whenever I was doing mindset and wellness coaching, I would put all of my clients on a like social media detox or social media cleanse. And when I did my group coaching program, that was actually a requirement for for people because I believe that if you want to change the way that you think and feel about yourself and discover who you are on a more intimate level so that you can get to where you want to go and actually understand what that destination looks like for you. You have to unplug from the noise. You have to go inward and just focus on yourself. And so I really would recommend get the fuck off of social media. Or if you are finding that you're comparing yourself to other people status wise, when you're around your high school friends or around a certain group of people or around a certain person, limit your exposure to those type those people it's not a bad thing to do that. And I think that, you know, the the idea of limiting exposure to somebody or limiting your exposure to social media feels so daunting because it feels like that thing is bad. And that's not necessarily what I mean. It just means that it's not serving you right now. And so while you're taking the time to work on your confidence and, you know, work on the acceptance of where you are now, you have to limit the noise. You have to quiet the noise and just focus on your lane. And the way that you do that is by getting the fuck off of social media or stop hanging out with the people that are making you feel that way. So let's see. Is this question number four? Yes. I have a hard time waking up and being like, I'm the fucking shit. (laughs) And I'm laughing at this question because I feel like we all have a hard time doing this, you know? Don't get me wrong. There are definitely days when I'm ovulating and my energy is great where I'm like, I am the fucking shit. But that's also why it's so important to have some sort of like morning routine. And that that sounds daunting when I say it, but what I mean is have some sort of ritual or practice that you do in the morning that sets you up for that kind of mindset. So for me, I don't touch my phone first thing in the morning. And if I do, it's only to check my aura ring. I don't look at social media. I don't look at text messages. I don't look at anything. I don't look at my email, nothing. I typically like to have my phone either charging near my computer, not near my bed, or like not even in the room. But lately I've had to because Ellis has been crying in the middle of the night. So I need to like have the monitor, which is on my phone. I digress. What I'm saying is, is I don't touch my phone in the morning because I feel like all of that bullshit on my phone is going to infiltrate my head and then set me up for my day, which is true. And so that's also why if I wake up with my children versus waking up before my children, I feel way more irritable and way less confident and just not in a good mindset because I need at least 15 to 30 minutes of quiet peace time with myself for me to actually be like, I'm the fucking shit. And again, it's not that I wake up feeling this way, but I I want to feel this way every single day, especially if I'm going into work or I have an opportunity, I have a podcast interview or whatever. Again, this is going back to the fake it till you become it, fake it till you feel it thing. You have to tell yourself these things so that they become your reality. And again, 
I think that there's this toxic positivity culture that that happens with the whole affirmations of it all, right? And I don't think that there's anything wrong with having negative thoughts, but you have to catch yourself in those negative thoughts and become aware of them. And so this is not to say that you can't have a bad day. You can't wake up feeling shitty about yourself or whatever. We're all going to have those days. And if you are clinging to the positivity of affirmations so desperately, you're just going to end up suppressing the negative feelings to where one day they'll just come up when, when you don't want them to. So what I'm saying is, is if you're feeling shitty, allow yourself to feel shitty for a second. Like beat yourself up, let yourself go there and then get the fuck over it. And that's when you go back with your your positive thinking of like, I am the fucking shit. <laughs> like beat yourself up and pick yourself back up. Question number five, acne. Okay. I've never struggled with acne, but I feel like it's kind of the same as any other maybe like appearance thing. And I feel like the thing that you have to do is go back to what I was saying in the beginning. When you look good, you feel good. And for people who have any sort of like physical appearance that they don't love about themselves, I think what it's about is doing anything that makes you feel good so that you look good. You know what I mean? I think confidence is such an inward job. It's such an internal thing. And if you're feeling good about yourself, you're going to look good. You're going to have a glow about you. You're going to have an energy, a charisma, a presence, a certain je ne sais quoi. You know, you're going to have that thing that that radiates to other people, regardless if you have acne or not. And so I think the one thing I want to say here is your energy is going to go wherever your attention flows. Or maybe I said that the wrong way. Your energy is going to flow wherever your attention goes. So if you're constantly stressed out about your acne, that's where your energy is going to go. And it's going to come out in like a stressed, insecure way. Like when I think about somebody who's stressed about their acne, I feel like in every social situation, they're going to be trying to hide it or trying to like make sure that other, other person's not noticing it. They're going to come off as insecure versus somebody who has acne, who is just like, yeah, I got acne fucking so what and just like still goes about their day is still charismatic and present and and just it seems like they're not thinking about it I'm not even going to notice that person's acne I'm going to notice their confidence and so again I think it really is like whatever you're going to put your energy on is what's going to translate and so if you want to be confident if you want to show up in your full beauty regardless of your acne just fucking stop thinking about it in every social situation. And I know it sounds easier said than done, but I, I feel like, again, it's like that muscle thing. You have to flex that. You have to keep doing that. And then it's going to feel easy. Okay. Let's see the next question. Oh, I love this question. Okay. Scared that my confidence will be perceived as being conceited. So I feel like I have a lot to say on this topic because I think growing up, maybe that was something that was said to me often or not said to me often, but like I think I felt like people thought that about me and whatever girls were talking shit back in the day, it probably was like that in a way. I feel like there's a difference here. There's a difference between being full of yourself and being self-full and the confidence that I preach, the confidence that I hope that I exude is 
I am self-full. I am, my, my cup is filled. I love who I am. And that translates in everything that I do versus somebody who's being full of herself, meaning like all I think about is myself, all I want to talk about is myself. And that's not who I am. The difference between being selfful and full of yourself is that full of yourself means that you're not considerate of other people. It means that you don't care about other people. You're not going to ask about other people. And that's being conceited in my opinion versus being confident is being confident in who you are, but also giving a shit about other people. You know, like you can not give a shit about what people think about you, but then still care about the people that you love and the, and the stranger on the street, you know, like it's, it's different. There's a different aura about it. And I feel like, you know, when you're being conceited, like, unless you're just really not a self-aware bitch, but like, I think because you're, you're asking this question, you are self-aware unless you really just are not with it. I think it's kind of hard to be conceited and not know that you're being conceited. So, and also I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, a little main character energy, you know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, sometimes being like, yeah, I'm the fucking shit. Yeah, I look good. And like, that's healthy, in my opinion, as long as you're still caring for other people and being considerate of other people. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Other women feeling threatened despite being super kind to them. That's not your responsibility. What other, what other people perceive you as or if someone's threatened by you, that's saying something about how they feel about themselves, nothing about you. And I feel like you have to ask yourself, whose comfort is more important to you? Is it the other person feeling not threatened by you or is it you being able to be your full self despite what people think? And again, I, I, I think that... This also, I have to, I have to mention this is you can only control yourself and how you react to things, your behavior, your actions, and how you react to things. You cannot control other people and what they think. So if someone's thinking this about you, so what? You, you can't let that get in the way of you doing you because you're only going to stifle yourself. And at the end of the day, I don't care if you care about their comfort more, you have to live with yourself. So I feel like you should care about your own comfort versus theirs. Okay, looks, especially in the age of fillers and Botox. P.S. Nothing against either of those. It's just not for me. Well, I feel like if you're saying that it's not for you, then stick with that. Be confident with that, you know? I think that maybe there's a fear that in today's society, people with Botox and filler are more beautiful than people who don't get it, especially as we age. But I don't think that's true because, again, I think that confidence is beautiful and confidence comes within. Like we've all been around somebody who's like not our type or maybe even not like classically handsome or classically beautiful. But after spending an hour with them, you're like, oh, kind of have a crush on them or like, oh, I fucking love them. And you realize it's because they're confident in who they are and that that's beautiful. So again, I think that it's way more about what's going on on the inside versus the outside. But again, I think you have to make a decision. I think when you are like, oh, I don't know if I want to get Botox or filler, you're like indecisive about it. 
it's going to make you feel a little bit more insecure about like your, your appearance if you don't have it versus if you make a decision of like, no, I'm not getting Botox. I'm not getting filler. Like rock with that. And then I feel like from there making that decision, you're going to feel more confident in your choice. Okay. Feels like you can't have an opinion, cancel culture, etc. It makes me shy away. Okay. So I feel like this is a really layered question and I'm not going to go fully into my opinion about cancel culture just because I feel like I could do an entire episode on it. But I feel like this is a really real feeling. The fear of having an opinion that might be perceived as wrong. And I just want to say, you cannot have an opinion that is wrong because you're lived experience is what infiltrates your opinion most of the time. And it's your perspective. And if your perspective is subjective to your experience and who you are and what you believe, how can it be wrong? Like, I don't think there's an absolute truth when it comes to opinions. And so I think once you realize I have a voice and I have opinion that matters, then there's no choice but to speak it if you feel like you need to speak it. Now, that's not saying like speak hate and like be a bitch and be like awful, like be an awful human. Like obviously there are people who maybe shouldn't speak their opinions if it's hateful, but I don't think most of us have truly hateful opinions about people in the world and society. I think we all just are a little scared of having a say that feels like it goes against the grain. And that's actually what makes our fucking world go round is differences. That's the only thing that we all have in common is that we are different from one another. And so obviously our opinions are going to be different if our lived experiences are going to be different. And so I feel like it's something that you just can't let plague you. And I know, again, it's easier said than done. But again, I think it's 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 like that thing I was saying, exposure therapy. You just have to get comfortable speaking your mind in a way that feels as eloquent as you can, in a way that feels as non-argumentative and respectful. And I think when you do that, how can anybody judge what you say. And also, let me just speak on this really quick. Cancel culture is not real. You can't cancel people. And even if you do, like you're not canceled until you say you're canceled. <laughs> and so I think that it's just like this it's a, it's an illusion, right? Cancel culture is an illusion and I choose not to believe in it. So <laughs> that's what my thoughts are on that. The silly mental thing that people are looking at you when you're in public, even though you know they aren't. Like, how do you overcome that? Okay, I'm not sure. I need more specific details for this. Like, are you at the gym? Someone's driving by really loud. Are you at the gym? Are people looking at you at the gym? Do you not like that? Like, I need more specific details. But what I want to say about this is let them fucking look. Let them look. Like, you can't control people when you're out in public. You can't, and especially if they're like looking at you. You can't control people looking at you. Let them fucking look. And I think that it can be a really good exercise for you and your confidence of allowing yourself to be seen. Like allowing, just that simple act of allowing yourself to be seen can be so huge in your confidence. And instead of 
shying away and and running out of the let's just say the gym running out of the gym allowing yourself to be like to stand firm in your energy and your presence and in showing up for yourself I think that whenever you're focusing on other people looking at you even when they're not looking at you ask yourself why am I so afraid to be seen like why what is it about me that feels scared to have eyes on me. And I think that will give you more of a clear answer as to why you're feeling this and then how to overcome it. Okay, that wraps up the Q&A and this episode. And I feel like I just wanted to hammer this home. I think if there's anything that I can preach to people about confidence, it's that you have to just do the things that you want to do and you're not gonna feel confident right away. I think this whole idea of confidence is like something that you can just snap your fingers and have is such bullshit. Again, you can be born with like a natural confidence, sure, but confidence for everybody is a muscle that you need to flex to be able to strengthen it. And so if you're feeling insecure and you don't want to feel that way anymore, you have to learn more about yourself and learn more about what it is that you want and then go fucking do those things. You just have to do it. And I think that this was a big thing that I had to go through in 2023, the difference between mindset and embodiment. Yes, you can change your mindset all day long, but if you're not actually embodying that mindset, meaning you're not actually putting that mindset and those thoughts into action, you're not going to go anywhere. And so yes, beliefs and mindset are so hugely important, but if you're just getting stuck there and not moving into the embodiment, into the action, nothing is going to change. So if there's anything I can I can give to you, if, I, if you can take anything away, it's just fucking do it. Like you have to do what you want to do. And over time, like exposure therapy, it just becomes your default. Okay, that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching if you're watching on YouTube. Before I let you go though, I wanted to quickly mention that we dropped our first merch, our diner logo hat. So if you wanna get your hands on the diner logo hat, it is available for pre-order now until February 6th. After February 6th, we will be closing sales. So go get your hat. It's what's the recipe, dot squarespace.com or you can just go on our Instagram on what's the recipe pod and go to the link in our bio. Go get your hands on that hat and then take a picture and send it to us. I am so excited to see you guys wearing this and I think that's all. This episode is 86. Don't 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 don